So we've got a few more people walking in. We'll give them a few seconds to, to join us and take their seats. It's really quiet this morning. Oh, okay. Well, welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining us in Sutherland Springs this morning. Um, appreciate the, uh, the guests uh, worshiping with us. Uh, it's good to see all of your faces here. Um, this week is going to be a little bit of a difficult week for us. And... Um, you know, in all the in all the craziness and all the emotion and chaos that can come with a season like this, uh, every so often you have some moments of clarity. Uh, you know, hopefully they come if you're focusing on the right things. And I just want to uh, I want to brag on my wife a little bit. Uh, <laughs> she she posted something. I'm not sure some of you may have seen it, but she posted something on Facebook that that was one of those moments of clarity. And I just want to read it for you guys. Uh, so one second here. She says, it's completely, completely impossible to forget this upcoming Tuesday, but it is essential to pray through every thought on it. There's no point in saying that evil did not win if you let evil win over your thoughts on the matter. Fall Fest was difficult. Today will be difficult, and Tuesday will certainly be the most difficult of all. But his grace and peace and kindness... And nature of healing is sufficient, and we can't afford to forget that. Amen. Thank you, Colby. So bearing that in mind, let's sing together. We'll start our service with a song. This is uh, from the day, so nice and lively song to get us going. Be back. 
change that today because the reason why even as Chris pointed out this is a a time where our hearts are heavy and and you can kind of feel that that anxiety uh, amongst the folks but I can still sing and I can still dance and I can still raise my hands because of the day he saved my soul I know that whether I understand everything or not doesn't matter the great choreographer does amen and we can praise the Lord together even on a day such as this For this is a day the Lord hath made, and I shall what? And be glad in it. Amen. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. And I pray this morning that, guys, you will have not just a great time in God's house, but that you will have an experience with God in his house. Amen? Amen. Father God, I come before you this morning. Thank you for this opportunity we can gather together. Lord, we have been called to be soldiers. We have been called to go forth onto the battlefield of this world and, and proclaim your grace and your righteousness. And in so doing, there are setbacks. In so doing, there are times of heartache and trial. But God, I also know that there are times we can have joy and peace and relaxation as well. Father, thank you for being our commanding officer, for being that leader, for being the one whom we can put our faith, to put this church service, to put our music into, to, to put our heart and our prayer into you and not into ourselves. So God, I lay this service at your feet. As we have already started in song, may we continue to sing out unto you and glorify you. And God, may your word touch us, whether it be through Tim with the scripture reading or the sermon in a bit or a mute song. But may we each one individually hear what we need to hear to leave out of this place a little bit closer to what we are called to be. God, and if there is someone here today that does not know you, may this be the day they choose life over death. Father, may your will be done. We give you all praise, honor, and glory. And God, I pray that as you look down upon us, you can sit back with a smile and say, those are my children in Sutherland Springs worshiping me. Lord, may your will be done. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, amen. Amen. Folks, walk around this second. Shake a hand. We are huggers here. Give somebody a hug. Just let them know it's good to see them in God's house this morning. Got a river of life going out of me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Open prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life going out of me. Swing up, oh well. Within my soul, swing up, oh well. And make me whole, swing up, oh well. And give to me that life abundantly there's a fountain flowing from the Savior's side 
All my sins forgiven in the precious time. Jesus paid the price when for me he died. There's a fountain flowing from the Savior's side. Swing up, oh well. Within my soul, swing up, oh well. Make me whole, swing up, oh well. Give to me that life abundantly. There's a risen Savior at the Father's throne, ever interceding for His very own, pouring down the blessings that are His alone. There's a risen Savior at the Father's throne. Swing up, oh well. Within my soul, swing up, oh well. Make me whole, swing up, oh well. Give to me that I've got peace like river, I've got peace like river, I've got peace like river in my soul. I've got peace like river, I've got peace like river, I've got peace like river in my soul. I've got joy like fountain, I've got joy like fountain, I've got joy like fountain in my soul. I've got joy like fountain, I've got joy like fountain. I've got joy like fountain in my soul. I've got love like an ocean. I've got love like an ocean. I've got love like an ocean in my soul. I've got love like an ocean. I've got love like an ocean. I've got love like an ocean. As you take your seats, come on and join us. I've got peace, love, joy like a river. I've got peace, love, joy like a mountain. I've got peace, love, joy like an ocean in my soul. I've got peace, love, joy like a river. I've got peace, love, joy like a fountain. I've got peace, love, joy like an ocean. Come on, one more time, all together. I've got peace, love, joy like a river. I've got peace, love, joy like a fountain. I've got peace, love, joy like an ocean in my soul. I've got peace, love, joy like a river. I've got peace, love, joy like a fountain. I've got peace, love, joy like an ocean in my soul. Amen. All right, as you grab your seats this morning, I hope you're good and awake because we have a lot of announcements. Normally, I try to keep the announcement level to a minimum, but this morning, everything just piled up. So let me just get through these real quick and we'll... Abby, what's the matter, baby? Mama, you need to be nice to her. (laughs) Okay, quite a few announcements this morning. Uh, The first one, let me just kind of give a quick heads up on the fall festival. If you were not able to be here, it was an incredible success. We had a lot of kids, a lot of families, a lot of hot dogs and nachos. But uh, we had 513 registered people here. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know how many total that was because I know I didn't register. But anyway. (laughs) Yeah, right. The... um, but the thing is, guys, it's not about numbers. Here's the way I look at that. Not, that was a success because that's 513 folks, many of which normally do not come to church except for the fall festival, who were able to see they can have fun on church grounds and that church people aren't just sitting there looking at them with a, like they sucked on a lemon or something, that they heard Jesus loves you, you can have fun, have a good time, there were smiles. I, I heard nothing nothing but good things. And I thought that's a lot of folks going home into their communities, wherever it may be, saying, you know, 
that was all right. We can go to church. That church didn't judge me. That church didn't forsake me. That church didn't push me to the side. Remember, it is our job to catch them. God, God does the cleaning, not us. Amen? So why not do something such as the Fall Fest? I think it was a huge success, and God gets the glory, but you are the hands and feet of God for that. So give God the glory. Amen? Like I said, quite a few announcements. Let me touch on in your bulletin, the upcoming events. There's a whole lot of stuff there. Make sure you look at that. Also now, the memorial. As you know, we are into this time of the year. Uh, the, I hate to use the word anniversary per se, but when, when the shooting took place two years ago, the, the actual date will be Tuesday, November 5th. We are going to have a memorial service here at the church for the church members. And the reason why I say church members, it's a... It's a time for the body to come together, and it's not a time for the media and things of that nature. So for the church members, when I say that, that doesn't mean old or new. There is no old and new. You're a church member or not. Amen? That means you've accepted Christ, and you've come and been part of this body. But at 7 o'clock, we're going to meet out front of the old sanctuary. We're going to have a time of prayer. And then about 7.15, we're going to just have a, a 15 minutes of silence so people can pray there, pray in the memorial tower wherever it may be, and then at 7.30, we're going to move into the sanctuary and have a service and the ringing of the bell for, for the 26 souls that's gone to be with the Lord and such as that. So that's Tuesday, starting at 7 o'clock, for church, the church to meet that would like to be here out in front of the sanctuary, the old sanctuary. Um, also, this coming Saturday is, you may have picked up the flyer, it's been on the website, this coming Saturday, somebody told, asked me that, well, that's just for pastors, right? No, that's for everybody. If you'd like to come, um, uh, Rafael Cruz is going to be here. Uh, Pastor Jorge Tovar is going to be here. Uh, Guy is going to be here, Guy Beveridge. But it's a time we're going to have a great little pastor's conference, per se. That we're calling it that. But it's for all you folks that would like to come. So that is this coming Saturday. If you'd like to be a part of that, it's from noon till two-ish. You know, I like what a pastor told me one time. We start sh- sharp on noon and end dully around two. <laughs> but that's a couple hours this coming Saturday if you'd like to be a part of that. Also, the next thing I want to bring up is the... Um, if you did not know, uh, at Fall Festival, we had all those kids and all those people and all that great time out here. But just a half mile down the road, there was a major accident in... Many of you know Josiah Skarbarsik, the young man, 19 years old, that was a worship leader or practicing to be a worship leader. And he led worship for me and us in camps. And great young man, he passed away in that, in that accident. And God was God here with all the laughs and joy and a half mile down the road and all the tears and the heartache. It was God in both places at the same time under one sky. There's a season and a purpose for everything. And that's where he was, and he still is. But that family is going to be celebrating the life of Josiah. The f- services are going to be here in this church Friday at 1030. So if you'd like to come and be a part of the, the funeral services Friday, it'll be at 1030, followed in the fellowship hall with a, a dinner next door. If you would like to bring food, the, 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 the Skabarsics have given a lot into this community and into further communities. For many years, uh, Josiah and I and the other Skabarsic kids and, and Kathy and Ray, we, we have been able to work together feeding the needy and reaching out into hunger programs and such as that. So they have done a lot into the community, and now it's time for us to do something back onto them. 
So I want to encourage you, if you would like to, if you don't want to stay for the service and just want to drop off something, a dessert, some chicken, something, whatever, please do that as well. But we're going to try to make this as, as fluid and as carefree and as honoring of Josiah as we can for the rest of the family this coming Friday. Um, okay, and then I, I got just a little bit more. This is kind of some house cleaning stuff I wanted to point out. There, we have the handicapped spaces out front. One of those is also marked, if you see the sign, it says van handicapped. Please acknowledge that there are, there are those that have the ramps in their vans and stuff. That parking place is for van handicapped, please. It says it real big on the sign, van handicapped. I want to push that. Also, two, you may have saw on the front table. I was asked by a new member, how come we don't do business meetings? We do. But we voted a long time ago. We have one a year, one business meeting a year to bring everything together. We have staff meetings uh, every month or try to. But the, the business meetings once a year. But what I would like to start doing for you guys, because they, they said, well, what about finances? It'd be nice to know where the church is. So she pulled up what's called reoccurring bills so everybody can see every. I believe in transparency. Everything should be transparent. I never want anybody to ever think anything is wrong or what's going here, what's going there. So this paper will be on the front table. Anyone who's interested in what the bills of the church are every month, what's being paid at the church and things of that nature, since we don't have monthly business meetings, this will keep you in the know out on the front table. So if you'd like one of those, they'll be out there. And that's the reoccurring business report rather than a, a, year, a monthly meeting. That being said, also... It is coming time for our yearly meeting in January. Leading up to that, we're putting together a, a, a larger stewardship committee and a personnel committee. We have names. We're meeting on that. The nomination committee is. If somebody comes to you and asks you, that means that we've prayed about it, and we were thinking about you being on one of those committees. So don't let that scare you. Now, if you don't want to be there, just say no. Just, nope, that's not me. But it is coming time in January for that yearly meeting, and I want to make sure that we are all uh, ready for what happens there. Yearly meeting finances van. Okay, that was a lot of announcements, and I think I'm done with announcements. Yes? Oh, ladies' Bible tomorrow morning or tomorrow evening? 9.30, I guess that's morning. 9.30 a.m. is a new ladies' Bible study in the morning at 9.30 a.m. All right, I'm going to call Tim up. Tim, come on up, brother. He's got our scripture reading today. Father God, I lift up my brother and just ask in the name of Jesus that you just bless him now. May we hear you through him in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. I know David likes to start things with uh, announcements, so I want to see how the church responds to this. God is good. And all the time, amen to that. You know, I reflected this week a number of times and prayed about what to uh, bring up as scripture this week, what might come to mind and... and, uh, God led me one place to Hebrews um, about being surrounded by saints. Uh, Hebrews 12 talks about that, a great cloud of witnesses. But then as I uh, thought about the week, um, I know in the Methodist Church and and other denominations, they celebrate uh, and remember an All Saints Day. It's a day of remembering those who have passed before us. So as I reflected on those things in my life, about my friends and family, 
God brought to this church in the eve of the events, the tragedy here, as well as the recent loss of our brother Josiah. I pray that we can find comfort in Jesus' prayer to his father. It brought me to uh, a scripture in John um, where the Lord Jesus has walked as human, uh, prayed to his father um, about uh, asking for his, his, his people to be with him in glory. Let me read that for you. It's a little different. I have an NIV Bible. But, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory. The glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world. I think we can find comfort knowing our loved ones who departed in the faith will be with Jesus as the Father answers his son's prayer. We can find peace in our loss knowing Jesus' prayer is answered, and our loss is his gain. We weep, but they rejoice. Jesus prays to the Father not as a servant, but as a son. That not only the apostles and his first disciples, but all, all of us, all believing, loving, and obedient people will be with him where he is, in heaven and all of its glory. I want to pray. Father, thank you for the saints in our lives that have given us the examples of how to follow you and endure to the end. We thank you that those that are still here on earth and those who are with you now Father, as believers in Christ, we know to be away from you is, and from the body is to be with you. We know that our loved ones are with you in heaven, enjoying your closeness and your glory. Father, even though it's difficult to accept they are gone, we know you love them so much, and we find peace and comfort knowing that, you are in, that they are in your presence. You are the God of all comfort, who comforts us in a time of need. We and we pray that for those facing difficult trials today, uphold them, we pray, and draw close to them. Raise up the right people to minister to them, to support them at this time of tragedy and grief. I pray that we might be the example, witnesses, and saints to those around us. Bring us joy and hope in your name, I pray. And all God's people said, Amen. All right. We're going to continue with a couple more songs this morning. So if you'd like to stand or sit or just take a comfortable position of worship, the words will be up on the screen as they have been. We're going to sing To God Be the Glory. To God be the glory, great things He has done, so loved He the world that He gave us His Son, who yielded His life and atonement for sin. Praise the Lord. 
Pardon for sin. 
have a seat for this next one. Mainly just because I have to change guitars. Stone, 
This much I know Jesus' name. Amen. Give God the glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. If you have your Bibles this morning, you can turn to a verse that is very memorable. You probably have it memorized, but it's Philippians 4.13. Philippians 4.13. We're going to be in Isaiah as well, but that is the primary verse, Philippians 4.13. As you're turning there, Morgan's going to start a video that I found that I'd like you to watch this morning. You might turn these main lights down up here, honey. Well, the quality's not as good, but you can...
That little goat could have turned and ran when he saw how big the bull was. Amen? He could have gave up when he got thrown around. However, he was confident in what he could do, and he wasn't going to allow the bull to have the upper hand. And he who lost confidence first gave up. Even though he was bigger and tougher and stronger, he without the confidence turned and ran, even though the goat was only a fourth or less of his size. This was kind of resonating in my mind this past week. I know it's my opinion, and it was pointed out that it's my opinion. And it is my opinion. How many of you, though, or many of us, watched the last game of the Astros game? And in my opinion, I'm saying that again before y'all throw things at me. It was a, it, it, we looked and we watched, and if I asked you why did the Astros lose, most of you would probably say it was a great game. However, there was pretty horrible pitching in that game. However, I would add another thought. For as I was watching the game, and I was watching what was going on, I got home after men's Bible study, and I, I sat down, Sherry, and her, or it was Sherry just there then, but Sherry was watching the game, and I sat down to watch the game. And everything's looking good, and the, the, sta- the, the fans are all standing in the stands, and everything's going good, but then the Nationals tie it up. Well, you see a little quiet come into the place a little bit. And then when they went up by one, what I saw next gave me a, 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 a sick feeling in my stomach, per se. I, I, I kinda, I, I, it just broke my heart, because as I was watching the game, I started watching what was happening. I started seeing what was going on around. When the Nationals went on top, the Astros, at that point, should have smiled and just said, Ha, okay, now it's a game. They should have just kind of picked themselves up and said, all right, I'm going to, we have to earn this now. We're going to have to play harder. We're going to have to gather and do something. We're going to go out there and teach them what it means to play in my house. I mean, they were in the Astros' house. This is my house. But instead, what I saw is as the camera panned the dugout, I saw almost a despair in their face. All of them, even though there was more innings to go, All of them were sour and dire and looking down. And when the camera scanned the crowd who had been standing up and and everybody cheering, all of a sudden everybody's just sitting down. Everybody, nobody was cheering them on anymore. Nobody was building their confidence up. And as I watched the crowd and I watched the dugout and I saw what was going on, knowing that there's several more innings to go, I had to walk away. You can ask Sherry, I, I went and got a book and I went and lay down and I started reading a book. I didn't watch the last innings. To me, I didn't care who won at that point. For when the team gives up in their heart, when it, in my, my opinion, but when I saw the face of the fans and the team and I just, I had this sinking feeling. Now, was it going to be hard to pull it off? Sure. Was it going to be a hard game? Absolutely. Were the odds against them? Maybe. But that never gives you the right, or shouldn't anyway, it should never make us turn away. When the things get hard, when life gets difficult, when the game gets a, a little harder than you expected, when you get knocked down, that poor goat was knocked down a couple of times. When you get knocked down, that's just that much faster. You need to get back up, square your shoulders, look at whatever it is that God has put before you and have the confidence that I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. And whatever it is, amen, whatever it is that God has called you to do, then you should do it to the best of your ability and trust not in your own understanding, trust not in yourself, 
but trusting that God's going to make this work. Folks, confidence is the backbone of every victor. He who loses confidence becomes the victim. If you want to be a victor in life, if you want to be the winner in whatever it is that God has called you to be, you have to have confidence. Now, there are people who say, well, Pastor, you're overly confident. You know why? And I always say, I'm no more confident than anyone else. Now, I understand. Sherry says, I, 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 I... I promise I don't look for confrontation. But I don't run from it either. And you know why? Because I know that if God is in control yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and I'm doing what God has called me to do, my confidence isn't in what Frank can do. My confidence is, God, you put me here. Show me what you want me to do. And my confidence comes not because Frank is something. I'm not. My confidence comes in the fact that I know that he who is within me is bigger than he who is of this world. When we lack confidence, defeat is sure. When we lose confidence, victory is no longer certain anymore. When we lose confidence in who we are and what we are, for those of us, if we want to enter destiny with a, with a cry of victory on our lips, if we want to go forth and have people be able to say, there is somebody doing to the best of their ability what God has called them to do, if we want to come into heaven one day sliding in saying, yeah, I did it the best I could, then you got to have confidence, and the confidence can't be in what you are, but i got to have confidence that I did it to the best that God told me to do it. Amen? Our confidence is important. Confidence is a must, guys. Confidence is something we have to have if we're really going to live a victorious life. Oh, but the world is scary, Pastor. Jesus knew that. He said the world is a scary place. But then what did he finish it with? But be of good cheer, for I have conquered the world. And he who lives within me is stronger than he who lives in this world. If Jesus says, I've conquered the world, and he lives within me then when I say that I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me, I mean I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. It's just not a self-righteous, arrogant phrase. It's not something to try to make yourself holier than thou. It is the fact that God has already proven himself to be the victor. And if I'm on his team, I'm already victorious. And as long as I'm doing what God's called me to do, I walk with confidence not because of my personality. So many people point out, oh, Frank, you're, you just have this overconfidence about you. You, you're just a very confident individual. My confidence doesn't come from Frank. My confidence comes from Christ. I must decrease so that he may increase. But pastor, I'm a timid person. You know what I would say? It's easier for you than it is for me. Sherry says, I used to be, years ago, rather arrogant. Hey, hey. That was just wrong. <laughs> But, you know, I, al- I always strived to be the best on the ball team. I strived when I was in the military to be the best. I-, I ran towards the fight rather than away from the fight. I always tried to put myself there. With that, without knowing Christ, does become arrogance. It does come bravado. It does come self-righteousness. But once I found Christ, when I realized that Frank can only go so far, and the older I get and the, 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 the more, um, you know, round is a shape, the more shapely I get and the things that break come about, I'm learning Frank really can only do so much. But my God can do all things. When I realize that what I can and cannot do does not rely upon what I think, but what on what God thinks, I can do so much more. 
Our confidence, guys, should never, ever be in ourselves, but on he who indwells us. If you want to go out and change the world, if you want to go out and be what God's called you to be, to be able to, to go into the highways and the byways and share the gospel, you want to be that one that, that starts that new ministry or wins that lost person over to Christ, then we have to understand that the battle is not ours, that we can't fight it the way we want to fight it. We need to go out there and do things God's way. When I get on my knees and say, Father, what would you have me to do? Where would you have me to go? If I really want to walk with my head held high and with a confidence that is assured, then I have to remind myself that my true confidence comes not in my abilities, but what he who created all things can do through me. Think about it. The three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they quenched the fire of their adversaries on a platform of confidence. If you remember the story, when Nebuchadnezzar came up to him and said, I can throw you in the fire, I can take your lives. They got real cocky. They started saying something, not because they thought they could stop the fires, not because they thought they could overthrow King Nebuchadnezzar, not because they thought they had the power to turn things off. They looked at Nebuchadnezzar and said, you can't do anything to me that my God does not allow. If you throw us in and we die, guess what? I stand in the presence of my God. If you throw us in and he brings us out, I still stand in the presence of my God. Nebuchadnezzar, you can make all the threats you want to. I stand in the arms of my God. And they were able to make that stand, not because of these three Hebrew boys were some kind of superheroes, but because they knew that God was. Folks, when trials and tragedies and, and adversaries come up in your life, when things, maybe it's at work, maybe it's in your schools, wherever it may be, maybe it's in relational issues, financial issues, when the world starts whispering in your ear to give up, that is when you stand the strongest. When they tell you, oh, why are you doing this? You know you can't beat me or you can't do this. That's when you stand that much more firmly. You square your shoulders and then say, you're right, I can't, but my daddy can. My heavenly father can. And when we have the confidence of knowing that my God is on my side, we can say, those boys knew they couldn't save themselves from a fiery fate, but they knew their God was in control. You may not be able to save yourself whatever the fate is, but you know your God's in control. See, what is confidence? Confidence, really, guys, is faith on the inside and courage on the outside. That's the difference in a lot of Christians today. There are people who have faith, but they lack the courage to act out on that faith. Or they may have a, be a courageous person, but their faith is in themselves and not in God. Folks, you, if you really want to be what God's called you to be, you have to be able to say, my strength, my being, my all in all, everything that I am comes from God within me. Well, pastor, that's good for you, or that's good for my husband, or that's good for brother so-and-so, or sister so-and-so. No, 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 no. That's every one of us. We have an incredible demonstration of faith. When Paul was sitting here, Paul had gone through so much tragedy, but he yet still said, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. He'd been chained to, to in jail cells. He had been the one that was, he had sin sick all over him from holding the coat of Stephen and persecuting the Christians. There were so many reasons why Paul should not have become the great apostle that he was that wrote most of the New Testament. But yet, what do we see? I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. He did not allow Satan to steal his confidence. And then he courageously stepped forward and put hands and feet to the, what the Lord inside was telling him to do. 
So many of us will accept Christ and then expect others to fight the battle. Now, I'm not saying some of us are called to do one thing and others are called to do another. But even a chicken leaves an egg when it sits. You can't just sit there. You have to get up. You have to move. You have to put hands and feet to whatever it is God's calling you to do. You have to put boldness to the confidence that he's placed within us. Any military warfare, guys, one of the biggest parts of the battle... Every party within a battle tries to steal the confidence of the other side. When when we go over and and we we bomb an area, say in Syria or something like that, we drop all these bombs, we're trying to steal their confidence. We're letting ISIS know that, hey, we own the skies. If they're afraid to look up, if they say, man, they own the skies, why should I even go out? The battle's already won. That propaganda battle. So many times when there's a battle raging, we, our, our media outlets, different kinds of outlets, propaganda out there to destroy the confidence of the enemy. Folks, I guarantee you this morning that Satan is trying to destroy your confidence every day. He's going to put people in your life to tell you, well, what do you think you're doing? Why do you go to that church? What makes you think you're clean enough for God to use you? What if them people at church find out who you really are? What if this happens? Or what if that happens? This propaganda machine that Satan's got going on in your head. And then all of a sudden you start thinking, well, you know, he may be right. You know, in a typical boxing match, when, they, when these people come together and these boxers come together and they, they start talking all that smack, all that exaggerated boasting, it's just a lot of noise, actually. They're trying to intimidate their opponent. I used to love to sit, actually I still do sometimes when I can find the old classic boxing channels and listen to Muhammad Ali. That boy could talk smack. Actually, he'd almost sing his smack. And it worked. So often it worked. If he could steal their confidence. Folks, what I'm trying to share with you this morning Satan may show up to you looking like that big bull. He may look like he is this overpowerful, that he is huge. He has these horns and and he's going to do everything he can to intimidate you and destroy your confidence. And you can then just return and run or you can dig down inside and say, I am a child of the king. I am a prince or a princess of the king. I am a joint heir to the throne of God. He who created all things. I can stand firmly. What are you going to do as a human being to me if I know I got the creator of the heavens and the universe living within me? We can then square our shoulders and say, thus saith the Lord, get thee behind me. Folks, if we really want to live our life victoriously, if we really want to go out and make a difference, then we got to show that we have the confidence of walking with the one who defeated death, hell, and the grave. If you try to put your confidence in yourself, you cannot win. You know inherently inside your head that, there's, that you can only go so far. There's only so much you can do. But when you know that Christ who defeated death on the grave lives within you, you can look at Satan and say, I know. I've read the end of the book. You can talk all the smack you want to. I've already seen the end of the game. I know how the movie ends. You lose. Oh, but pastor, you know, something could happen. I might get hurt. Folks, I, I, it breaks my heart how many people tell me today that they're afraid to go to a mall. They're afraid to go to the movies. There are people who tell me they're still afraid to go to church because there's people out there that might have firearms. There's people out there, you know, there are more people who die in the car wrecks than they do with firearms. If you really want to live your life in fear, you're going to have to lock yourself in your room and hope that carbon monoxide don't get you. 
God hasn't called us to live in a spirit of fear. He has called us to live in a spirit of victory because he has already been victorious over the world. And he said, if I be for you, then who can be against you? And I will never leave you nor forsake you, but I will be with you till the ends of the earth. When I have those kinds of promises from the one who created death, hell, and the, uh, defeated death, hell, and the grave, when I have those kinds of promises from the creator, then the created is not going to scare me. And we can go forth and live our lives. Folks, there's too many people just existing. God didn't call us to just exist. He said, go out and live your life and live it fully. And while you're doing so, invite others in the highways and the byways to the great wedding supper that's going to come one day. Invite others to come and know the freedom you have and be able to walk with your head held high. Even amongst the valley of the shadow of death, I can walk with my head held high. Why? Because thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I can walk into the the midst of the battle and have a clarity of mind and a peace of heart why because of frank is this or frank is that no every one of us who knows christ jesus can do it because he who indwells you is greater than he who dwells this world amen amen you think about david and goliath in first samuel 17 goliath is this big mean thing looking like the bull He's up there. He's got all his stuff on. He's, he's talking all his smack. He's got everything going on. And what do the, what do the Israelite army do? Here's one guy out there. He's big. He's ugly. He's got a big spear. I agree. He's, he looks intimidating. But here is the entire Israelite army, an army who, who is, has been battle hardened and they're cowering back there. They had lost their, their will to fight. Why? Because they put their confidence in their own abilities, in their own capabilities of winning a battle. Little David walks onto the scene. David says, I don't wear armor. I don't have a sword. But I have a God that's a whole lot bigger than him. Who is that that's out there mocking my God? And all of the, the army looks at him and kind of snickers. Who's this kid? This is a kid that has the confidence, not in himself, not in his sword, not in his armor. This is a kid that goes out and says that my God will guide my rocks. Throws a little rock and the big guy falls. Amen. Folks, whatever it is in your life, whatever God's called you to do, instead of sitting back and saying, well, I can't do that. I don't have the education. I don't have the proper credentials. I don't have the money. I don't speak well. I don't walk well. I don't do this well. And Satan's going to keep doing everything to take away your confidence. Folks, I would submit to you that when you just stop and pray and say, Lord, is this what you would have me to do? And if you feel as though God's calling you to do it, then you get up and say, thus saith the Lord. And just do it. Leave the outcome to him. Whatever may befall you, it it didn't catch God by surprise. All he asks for is obedience. We have to have the boldness and the courage to carry out whatever it is God's called us to do. We have to be courageous. We have to step forward. We are living in a time today. I'm not going to say that we as Christians are persecuted because I think persecution really is what's happening to the Christians on the other side of the world. But I will say that we are being suppressed, that we are being uh, putting a hand upon us at this point. Not saying we won't be persecuted later, but just because that hand is coming down, just because our voice is trying to be quieted, just because churches are under attack in many different ways does not mean that we should roll over and put our heads in the sand and our bums in the air. What we should do is stand firmly and proclaim Thus saith the Lord, by the name of God, get thee behind me. 
as Christians, if Christians would start standing courageously again with the confidence of Jesus Christ within our hearts, this world would change. You know why the world changed by just 12 apostles? Not because they carried great swords and armaments and things of this nature, because they had the courage in their heart, they had the faith in their heart. My God arose. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. And he said that I'm going to be with him for eternity. Because of the, the faith within them, the confidence within them was in Jesus Christ, they could stand up, proclaim the gospel wherever it was. Well, I'm going to throw you in jail. Go ahead. I'm going to sing praises. Well, I'm going to do, I'm going to whip you. Go ahead. I'm going to sing praises while the rest of them are, are going to be praying for me. And God help you when my God sees that you whip me, because guess what he's going to do to you? For vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Guys, the church has been quiet for too long and the church is quiet because we've lost our confidence because we put it back into our education. We put it back into our, our suits and our buildings. This building is beautiful, but as I've said many times, the building is not the church. We are the church and God expects us to go forth and proclaim the battle to the world. You're never going to win a battle on defense. You win on offense, which means that we take the battle to them when God says to go. And when I say that, I'm not saying go out there and slap the guy at the store. I'm saying go over there, and even if he looks big and mean, stick your hand out and say, man, God loves you. And he says, no, he don't. Oh, yes, he does. And maybe God's going to tell you to walk on from that point. But he may also say, his mother, he's remembering right now, his mom telling him the same thing. Now tell him one more time that Jesus loves him. If we will do what God calls us to do, when he tells us to do it, if we will have confidence, not in our ability, oh, pastor, I I don't know the Bible well enough to go out and share the message. I don't know scripture well enough to do this. I don't know scripture uh, well enough. What if they ask a question? So let God answer it. Sometimes it's better to keep our mouths shut. Look in Isaiah. If you flip over to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 36. I forgot to get these to Morgan back there. In Isaiah chapter 36. Listen to this story. Starting in verse 4. The Rabbashaka said to them, Tell Hezekiah, the great king, the king of Assyria, says this. What are you basing your confidence on? I say that your plans and military preparedness are mere words. Now, who are you trusting in that you have rebelled against me? Look, you are trusting in Egypt, that splintered reed of a staff, which will enter and pierce the hand of anyone who leans on it. This is how Pharaoh, king of Egypt, is to all who trust in him. Suppose you say to me, oh, we trust in the Lord our God. Isn't he the one whose high places and altars Hezekiah has removed, saying to Judah and Jerusalem, you're to worship at this altar? Now make a deal with my master, the king of Assyria. I'll give you 2,000 horses if you can put riders on them. How then can you repel the attack of even the weakest of my master's officers and trust in Egypt for chariots and horsemen? Have I attacked this land to destroy it without the Lord's approval? The Lord said to me, attack this land and destroy it. Then Elakim, Shebaniah, and Jonah said to the Rabbishak, please speak to your servants in Aramaic, for we understand it. Don't speak to us in Hebrew within earshot of the people who are on the wall. Why? Because they'll steal their confidence. But the Rabbishak replied, has my master sent me to speak these words to your master and to you and not to the men who sit on the wall? Who are destined with you to eat their excrement and drink their urine? Then the Rabbishak stood and called out loudly in Hebrew. Listen to the words of the great king, the king of Assyria. The king says, don't let Hezekiah deceive you, for he cannot deliver you. 
Don't let Hezekiah persuade you to trust the Lord, saying that the Lord will surely deliver us. This city will not be handed over to the king of Assyria. Don't listen to Hezekiah, for the king of Assyria says, Make peace with me, and I surre- and surrender to me. Then every one of you will eat from his own vine and his own fig tree and drink water from his own cistern until I come and take you away to a land like your land, a land of grain and new wine, a land of bread and of vineyards. Do you, you, can you hear all the horse mess that's going on right here? You hear what's going on? He's telling the, the people, oh, just, just surrender to me. Do you really think that the Lord can save you like Hezekiah says? Just give up and come down and I'll give you milk and honey. Now, who says that to the Christians? That would be Satan, wouldn't it? He goes on, Beware that Hezekiah does not mislead you by saying, The Lord will deliver us. Has any one of the gods of the nations delivered his land from the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath and Arpad? Where are the gods of Seraphim? Have they delivered Samaria from my hand? Who of all the gods of these lands ever delivered his land from my hand? That the Lord should deliver Jerusalem. Now listen here. But they were silent. And did not answer him at all. For the king's command was, don't even answer them. Then Elikim, son of Hilkiah, who was in charge of the palace, Shebna, the scribe, and Joah, the son of Asaph, the record keeper, came to Hezekiah with their clothes torn, and they reported to him the words of Rabbishekah. Guys, the king gave them a direct answer. Answer them not. I mean, he gave them a direct order. Do not speak to them. In other words, the enemy is going to try to steal your confidence. They're going to claim all this stuff. They're going to say, how dare you trust in the Lord? But just don't even answer them. I wanted to share that story with you for this reason. We know how that story ends. We know that God pulls through. That because Hezekiah trusted as he said he would, everything works the way God intended it to work. But this is what believers don't realize oftentimes. When that was presented, they could have gotten to a screaming match. They could have started wondering. They could have started thinking and pondering on the words that were said. But sometimes we need to stop and just refuse to acknowledge the enemy. Folks, when we our confidence is being brought under attack, we don't need to sit and keep giving mind time to those things that are trying to steal our confidence. When we, if we really want to go forth and proclaim the gospel and portray the confidence of who God is, when the enemy is starting to tell you, you can't do this and you can't do that, rather than speaking to the enemy about what you cannot do, why not get on your knees and speak to God what you can do? Amen. We need to quit giving power to, to those things in our life and speaking about every Tom, Dick, and Harry of why you can't do something and get up and say, this is why I can. When the evil one says, you can't trust in God, did he save you from this or did he save you from that? Rather than keep giving that mind time to him, say, Lord, what would you have me to do today? Talk to the king rather than the enemy. Oftentimes it's better just not to even speak at all and just approach with a powerful word of God, the sword of the spirit. Folks, what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to share this morning is that we have been called into a battlefield. We have been called to go forth and proclaim the gospel. And we are on his turf. Yes, Satan is on this world, but God created the world. And he said, be of good cheer for I have conquered it. This morning, God has called each one of us into a task. I don't know what the task may be for you specifically, But I do know that Satan's going to whisper in your ear and try to steal your confidence. He's going to tell you what you cannot do. 
He's going to tell you why you should not do it. He's going to tell you, leave it to the pastor. Leave it to the deacons. Leave it to brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so. You know, or, or you need to put all your eggs into this basket. You need to speak everything and hope this one man can get you through. Folks, let me tell you something. I don't need a man. I already have a Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. And because I have Him as Savior, I can go forth and proclaim the gospel. I don't care what any man has to say about that. Amen. And you can do the same. I don't have a magic confidence pill I take every morning. I don't have some kind of magic superpower. You can come in with kryptonite. It's not going to scare me any. My confidence comes from He who lives within. And I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Folks, this morning, you have to know Christ. When we, are, when we are gathered together like this in our house, in his house, we should be lifting one another up. Rather than co- confirming what cannot be, we should be lifting one another up. To, thinking grandiose plans. God, what would you have me to do? How do we build that confidence? That some of the things we can do, we need to be in regular prayer. We need to carry God's word with us. We need to, 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 to dwell on that. We need to walk in the spirit. Avoid sin to the best of our ability. Avoid that, that anger. But mainly, we need to be prayerful and joyful, not complaining all the time. We should be out pro- proclaiming with a smile on our face. Thus saith the Lord. And that means even in the midst of battle, even in the midst of trial and heartache, there may be tears in our eyes, but if you truly know Jesus, there's a joy in your heart as well. Because you know that he chose you specifically to die on that cross for. See, that's where my confidence comes from. He said, whomsoever believes in me, I find to be worthy to die and hang on that cross and shed that sacrificial blood. For the wages of sin is death, and all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But there's no remission of sin without the shedding of blood. Therefore, whomsoever believes in me and I am the Son of God, then now rose again on the third day, defeating death, hell, and the grave, I will wash them with my blood, and they shall be mine, and they shall live eternally. Folks, where are you this morning? When I'm talking about confidence, we're watching that little video, and it's cute, that little goat with that big old bull, and the bull turns and runs. But guys, as cute as that video was, Oftentimes in our lives, if we could watch a video of what God sees, we're the bull. We're the big one on the stage. But because Satan keeps on hitting at us, we turn and we run. We need to be the one with the confidence. We need to be the one that stands firmly. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Is that should not be a cliche. That's more than a bracelet. For my confidence comes from the truism within that statement. Now, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then yeah, you're out there fighting under your own power, and I guarantee you that you will fall. At some point, you're going to get to the end of the to the extent of your knowledge. It's not people when you are pushed into that battle. It's not that you are standing there on your own power. 
It's that you're standing there on the power of God. And at that point, you say, Lord, what would you have me to do? If you're here this morning and you don't know Christ, you don't have that opportunity. You don't have that clarity, that guidance. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I pray that this morning you would make that different. That what you would do is turn to him and say, Father, I am in need of a Savior. I am a sinner in need of your grace. And I don't want to live my life the way I've been without confidence anymore. And isn't it great? He said, I am faithful and true to cleanse you of all your unrighteousness. Now, if you're here this morning, you do know Jesus Christ and you have lived a timid life. That's okay. The great thing is he, he can wink at the past. But from this point forward... I would ask you to put your faith in him and commission yourself in his army and go forth and proclaim yourself as a soldier in the army of God and start doing what God has called you to do. He, the, the idea that the church is always supposed to sit on defense and keep taking and taking and taking it is, is, is behind us, guys. Jesus said, get up and go. When he came into the, to the market, he flipped those tables and did what he did there. Why? Because that was his father's house. There was a, I, I'm okay, he said to I got in and saw what you did to my house and then I'm going to make a stand in the name of my father. Folks, it comes a time that we as Christians need to put the timidity into the back, back closet and start focusing on what it means to be what God has called us to be. We have to go forth and proclaim the gospel. Does that mean get self-righteous and arrogant? Absolutely not. We do it with the guidance and the direction of Christ within us. Make the commitment today. Now, you may not have a big mouth like I do. Jerry says, you got to be quiet. And, and I would tell her, That's, that is my quiet voice. I don't have a quiet voice. My voice carries. Not everybody has a mouth like mine. <laughs> He's mad because he can't win at cards. But anyway. <laughs> Guys, but God's given you your gift. Whatever it may be. Even if you, at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And just say, Lord, here I am. And he'll keep moving you. Lord, where would you have me to go? Folks, I, I, this last week or so I've talked to a lot of people. And I have shared because of this time of the year how blessed I am. People come and say, oh, pastor, you're so strong. You did this, you didn't know. I am blessed to be the leader of a body of believers that chose to let God shine first. And by letting God shine first, we were able to carry out what God called us to do. And I say we keep doing that. And you may say, well, you're just that little church out in the middle of nowhere, Sutherland Springs. That may be, but I got a God that's over everywhere in the world. Go and be the representative that God's called you to be. Represent him well. Do so with confidence and proclaim the gospel. And you can only do it if you really know him. I want to lead us in a word of prayer. Let's all stand this morning. Father God, I come before you today and I just ask that you would give us all the confidence to go forth and take the battle to the enemy rather than continually allowing him to win this confidence fight. God, may we get up and go forth. And as you tell us in, in, in the 23rd Psalm, though we may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, though we may be afraid within there, I shall fear no, I shall fear nothing. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. 
for thine rod and thy staff comfort me. Lord, may thy rod and thy staff comfort us. May it guide us. And we live in an age, Lord, where we need to know you even more. Help us walk this pathway together. And if there is someone here today, Lord, that does not know you, may you speak to their hearts. May they choose life before it's too late. I again lift up the Skabarsik family. And I thank you, Lord, that no one would have expected Josiah at 19 years old to already be gone. But yet I also thank you, Lord, for him that he was a man that had shared your gospel boldly, courageously, and many had heard of you through his young 19 years. And therefore I know where he now resides in your presence. May we all one day hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, as we boldly proclaim your gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. As we sing this morning, if God's telling you to come to this altar, come to this altar. If he's telling you today is the day to accept him as your Lord, will you do that? Or if maybe today is the day you're saying, you know, I am, I am tired of being in the background. I'm going to go forth and live my life with confidence. Guys, it is nice to be able to lay down your head at night knowing that you've walked in honesty and integrity to the best of your ability, proclaiming his gospel boldly. As we sing, Chris. Thank you. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross
If it's been good to be in God's house this morning, say hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. Guys, I pray that as you leave out of here today, don't leave out of here without knowing that you know that you know that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. And folks, let me tell you, once you know that, that's where your confidence will come from. Amen. That's where you'll be able to face the enemy. That's where you'll be able to challenge the world. Because it's not in your own abilities, but in His. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord for each one of you. I pray that you have a great day. Ezekiel class this evening is at 6 o'clock. I hope to see you back for that. Guys, keep looking up this week. And whatever the challenge is God puts before you, square your shoulders, look at it, and just pray about it and do whatever it is God's called you to do. Amen? Amen. 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 Brother Chuck, will you close us in prayer this morning? so blind my sin was before me I was swallowed by pride but out of the darkness you brought me to your light you showed me new mercy and opened up my eyes from the day Save my soul till the very moment when I come home. I sing, I dance, my heart will overflow. On the day you save my soul. Oh, what brilliant life is all around. Joy is the only sound. Oh, rest my heart forever now. Whoa, with your arms, I'll always be found. From the day you saved my soul. Till the very moment when I come home, I sing, I dance, my heart will overflow. From the day you saved my soul.
Oh, 